Today is Friday, July 1st, 2022, and from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, this is the Pennsylvania Legacies Podcast. I'm Josh Rollerson. Pennsylvania has eight conservation landscapes, regions with a strong sense of place that includes the presence of state-owned public lands and the potential for economic growth centered on natural resources and the outdoors. Conservation landscapes bring together state and local government, businesses, community groups, advocates for conservation and outdoor recreation, and anyone else with an interest in promoting the use of state parks and forests locally. Each landscape is co-led by the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, which runs the program along with a representative from an external nonprofit partner. In the Laurel Highlands of southwestern Pennsylvania, as well as the Poconos in the Northeast, that duty falls to the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. PEC's Marla Meyer Papernick has served as external lead in the Laurel Highlands conservation landscape for the last six plus years. And as of today, Marla is retiring from PEC. Before she rides off into the sunset, we wanted to sit her down for a bit of an exit interview to look back on everything the effort has accomplished up till now and where it goes from here. Marla, welcome back to Pennsylvania Legacies. Glad to be here, Josh. And we're here because this is uh, probably the last time you're going to be on this show because you're departing from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council and uh, looking forward to a well-earned retirement, yes? Yes, I am. Four days to go. How long have you been with the Pennsylvania Environmental Council? I started here in 2015, so almost seven years. Were you involved in the Conservation Landscapes program from the get-go, or did that land in your lap later on? No, I was pretty much hired to take over Brad Clemenson's position, who had been the external lead to the Laurel Highlands Conservation Landscape for, I don't know how long, several years. So um, when he allegedly retired, although he his tenure has outlived mine, um, I took on that position. And predominantly, that is what I've been doing since I've been here, although I've picked up some other and is, is this way. another one of those nominal retirements? Or are you still going to kind of be around? Or are you really, we'll really? We'll see. Okay. If I get the right opportunity to, to work on something, I would love to still do that. But I'm probably going to be moving on to some other things that I've been interested in for a long time. Okay, well, let's talk about the landscape. Uh, so the purpose of this conversation is kind of bring people up to speed on where it stands and where it's heading in the future. Right. Why don't you first kind of just describe what the CL's program is, how, how it kind of functions, and what PEC's role in it is, both both in the Laurel Highlands and in the Poconos, where we also do this work. Okay, will do. So the Conservation Landscape Program, or Large Landscape Program, is an initiative of the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. There are eight large landscapes in Pennsylvania today. A nascent one, the Kittatinny Ridge, and then it goes back to the PA Wilds, which most people listening to this podcast I'm sure have heard of, and the Laurel Highlands and the Poconos were also uh, early on, or created early on in the program. So the idea of a large landscape is to blur jurisdictional lines and work on projects related to land and water conservation and outdoor recreation and in some landscapes more heavily on economic development as they relate to those issues. So each landscape is unique because they are landscapes are defined by the region in which they are and the resources in which they are located. Uh, the Laurel Highlands Conservation Landscape uh, encompasses four counties, Westmoreland, Fayette, Somerset, and Cambria, and it is the 
um, sense of place. It is the natural resources, and most importantly, it's the people working in that, those regions that make the landscape what it is. And then you personally have been external lead is the is the term of art, yes? Yeah, external. there's an external lead, and Peck is the external lead to two landscapes, the Laurel Highlands and the Poconos Forests and Waters. And then DCNR has an internal lead, um, a staff person who is dedicated uh, to working on the landscape in partnership with the external leads. I should say dedicated, those people generally have many other responsibilities as well, but uh, they take the lead uh, in making sure uh, that the landscapes reflect priorities and, and concerns of the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, and also reflect the interests and priorities of the partners that we are working with in each landscape. And landscape goals are sort of where DCNR's priorities and partner priorities come together mm -hmm. somewhere in the middle. And these kind of fall into a few pretty distinct categories. So in the Laurel Highlands, they do for sure. Yeah. So uh, we have been, uh, since I took the post, the uh, landscape was organized by topical committees. So we have a land conservation committee, a water resources protection committee, tourism and heritage, an outdoor recreation committee, a, and a trails committee. And then that's all governed by what is a leadership team, which is people representing other state agencies, heritage areas, watershed associations that sort of help guide the direction mm -hmm. of the program. We're sort of like aiding and embedding the conservation and protection efforts of our partners. So supporting land trusts or watershed associations. And some of the work we've most recently done has been through some studies to do that. So we've recently done a, we just finished the phase one of a land connectivity study looking at greenways, trails, and protected lands in the region. And we have this really cool atlas. I would encourage people uh, to look at that on our website that sort of looks at the best suitability for different areas in the region. And we did an ecosystem services study on the value of water, which is an incredible tool. If you're talking to anyone, a decision maker, a legislator, an elected official, uh, your zoning board, what should be factored in about the value of clean water or protecting water? Or how much does it cost to clean up damaged or polluted waters? And what does that mean to the Laurel Highlands and the people living there? What does it mean to the economy? And it'd be surprising for a lot of people to know that in the case of water, Water adds a, a value of $3.7 billion to those four counties in the mm. Laurel Highlands. So the idea is that when a, say, a like, local municipal body is making a decision about whether to build a road or permit a construction project or something, that you can point to some research and you have this tool to be able to say, okay, well, here are the implications that you need to account for. Here's what that might cost you down the road if you don't. Exactly. Yeah. How is that being applied out there? Like, do you have any sort of case studies or success stories? I think a lot of people who, uh, especially those people who are close to the development of the study, are using it in their fundraising efforts and in their one-on-one -on -one or their educational meetings or their one-on-one -on -one meetings with decision makers. Although PEC did recently develop a tool to help people share that information to broader audiences. So but, but the overarching idea, right, is that you've got this area of land that's made up of different jurisdictions that for whatever structural reasons might not always be in contact, might not always be coordinating their efforts. So this is about reconceptualizing, reframing, and re 
reinterpreting more holistically. Exactly. So like a watershed doesn't care what county or what town right, they're right. in. Uh, look at the state parks that run along the ridge in the Laurel Highlands. They're in multiple counties. So, you know, the, the land resources don't care. <laughs> Well, okay, and since you mentioned state parks, right? And another application of this idea has been making state park staff more aware of one another and everything else that's within their area and actually, um, you know, creating resources to facilitate that. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, so that's a really, that's a great project that we've worked on in the last, we've done this for about four years. Um, and in, a, in the process of talking to some of the state park and, and forest managers in the Laurel Highlands, um, it, it became, and with some of the tourism assets and heritage areas, it became obvious, like, wow, we think people know what's going on around them, but like most of us, people aren't tourists in their own backyards, you know? Mm -hmm. And you, we kind of assume like, oh, someone's working the front lines of a visitor information center. Um, they should know all about the whole region. Well, no, they have to do laundry on the weekends too. So we created a program um, that, so the folks at Ohio Pile can also talk about Lynn Run, and the folks at Lynn Run can also talk about um, Laurel Hill State Park. And how do we do that? We get frontline staff, and by frontline staff, I mean administrative assistants, people working in a visitor center, maintenance staff, because you know, you know when you go to a park and mm -hmm. someone has on one of those shirts that says DCNR, you're going to ask them a question. You right. don't, you're not going to ask them what their job title is. You're going to say, where's, where's the best place to swim, or where can I go get my kids out of the sun? And so we do, it's like a learn by traveling around. We do tours of the regional assets in the region. Regional. We do tours of the natural assets in the region and the other things that visitors would be interested in when they go to a state park. For example, your campground is full, where can I go? Or um, we've been out in the hot sun for several days, can we do something inside? Yeah, go to mm -hmm. Fort Necessity and tour around and then go outside. Or even just where can I get a good meal? Where can I get a good meal? Yeah. So um, this program has been really successful on a couple levels. One visitors are better served. Two, the staff that has gone through or continues to go through the program feel really valued and empowered and they can do their jobs better. And I think we all want to do our jobs to the best of our ability and have the tools to do it. And it's been so successful that actually the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources has been able to secure some money from Department of Community and Economic Development to create this program statewide through the landscapes. And you're, you're being modest. You played a pretty important role in actually getting this started and getting it to catch on in other places. Yeah, well, I was lucky. I worked with some really great managers in the state parks and forests, and the idea percolated through them. And I was, and I will say, to be successful, this program does have to have the support from the top. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's kind of my baby. Another thing I know you've done along pretty similar lines is, and it sounds so simple that it's surprising that nobody thought to do it <laughs> before. Exactly. But you created a map that, that's just a simple, you know, one piece of paper resource that's available to all of these park staff and anybody else that might have occasion to use it, where you can simply show, you know, a visitor, here's, here's where the thing is, here's how to get there, here's right. other things you might do on the way. It's an outdoor recreation orientation map, basically. Um, and it also includes heritage sites and main points in the region. And, you know, I know a lot of people say, 
well, we don't really need paper maps anymore. Well, I'm here to tell you that these things are super popular. And let's face it, in the Laurel Highlands, you can't necessarily get online because there's not true. broadband everywhere. Yeah. Um, and there are some great resources. The state creates great maps for the park. The Go Laurel Highlands has maps of the region. And um, there's some great maps out there. But this one is like, it's simple and to the point, what are the outdoor recreation resources that we can avail ourselves of mm -hmm. while we're in the Laurel Highlands. So, yep, it's been really popular. It's a great tool, and we found it was very useful during COVID when people could not have contact um, when they went into a visitor center mm -hmm. or what have you, and these maps flew out the door. I'm glad you mentioned COVID. How has your job changed in the, you know, the part of the state that you're working in changed during this pandemic and all of the, you know, the increase in outdoor recreation that we've seen, everything else that's come come out of the last couple of years. Yeah, so that's where this program has been helpful as well because we all know, everyone knows where Ohio Pile is, right? And we know the major assets, but the parks that are super popular, the resources like we're talking about and training programs like we're talking about have been able to redirect some of the new and familiar users of the, the resources to places maybe they haven't been. I know my husband and I actually hiked a few places we had never been in the Laurel Highlands during that, that time. COVID really changed my job, right? Because it's about facilitating people and bringing people together and talking and brainstorming. And yeah, we can do all that online, but there's something about being in a room together. Um, but early on, uh, we were very fortunate. Michael Foreman from the Department of Community and Economic Development, who had been through this already in 2009 with a lot of municipalities, you know, severe budget cuts, he was able to parlay his experience and knowledge and put together an, an excellent program that we shared with our partners about how nonprofits could position themselves to get through. COVID in financial health. And mm -hmm. So that's a, a, another thing we do in the landscape. We do a lot of education and networking. And you know, you hear networking and you think, you know, what's the value of that? And I can tell you that people want to get together and share information and talk about what they're working on. Mm -hmm. But someone has to facilitate that. Yep. When you're working for a small nonprofit or large nonprofit or, you know, county government, you know, you're working all the time, you're busy, you don't have extra time. So that's actually one of the values of this large landscape program is educating people and bringing them together to network and share information and share ideas. And that's where a lot of our research has come out of the research initiatives, basically all our initiatives come out of that. Well, and PEC seems to play this role statewide in a lot of areas, the convener, the facilitator, the one that brings people in. Other people are maybe doing the actual thing on the ground, but as you said, someone has to facilitate it. DCNR staffing is changing. Our staffing is changing. You're on your way out. Who's going to facilitate these things going forward? What does that look like? I know that there's been some strategic planning underway with the landscape. Can you bring that all together and talk about what we can expect in the years ahead after you've left us? So the future is bright for the landscape. It is positioned to capitalize on the work that we have been doing for the past 10 plus years or more. And we are just wrapping up a strategic plan. And as you said, the staffing in the in DCNR has changed. And it's a great time actually for me to be leaving because it'll be a chance for PEC and DCNR to look at, hey, what are the skills we need moving forward to advance the strategic plan and meet the needs of our partners in the landscape. So I don't know who that's going to be at this point, 
not but, your problem. But, but I know it'll, and it, maybe it'll be some combination of people. I don't know. But I, I know it's an exciting time for whoever gets the opportunity to take that on um, and work with DCNR. And I know that they're very excited about the future potential of the landscape. The Laurel Highlands is such a special place. I, I also want to add that, you know, it's really the partners, the people who are working in the landscape at those various organizations, you know who you are, that make this work so rewarding. People are doing amazing work. And one of the ways the landscape can directly influence that work or support that work is through our mini-grant program. Mm. So we annually have approximately forty dollars to $60,000 a year to invest in projects. And that gives us a chance to really um, advance the goals of the Laurel Highlands Conservation Landscape and support our partners. So that's been a really rewarding program to be able to orchestrate and oversee. Well, to bring it back to where we started, uh, you are retiring. What do you have planned? What, do you, what, what are you doing next? Well, first I'm going to read like six books okay. um, and weed my backyard. Then I'm going to get in shape and have a healthy diet. No, seriously, <laughs> I'm, I keep telling everyone I'm going to write a cookbook, not, not for public distribution, but, you know, for my family and friends, um, but really just for my own satisfaction because, you know, I already own... Uh, more than 240 cookbooks that somebody else wrote, so I think that I should be writing my own. So I'm telling you that so that you can ask me in six months how's it, how it's going, and okay. I will be too ashamed to not say I've been working on it. No, this is accountability. That's yeah, how you this get is accountability, done. Right. yeah. All right, well, we'll, we'll follow up in six months. <laughs> I look forward to reading the book. All right. Marla, thank you for everything that you have done for not just the Laurel Highlands, but for Peck. And for me, it's been a just a true pleasure working with you, and I, I hope to remain friends for many years. Oh, you're not getting rid of me, Josh. <laughs> I know where you live. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Marla Papernick is the outgoing external lead for the Laurel Highlands Conservation Landscape. You can learn more about the landscape and others across the Commonwealth, including the Pocono Forests and Waters, which Peck also co-leads, on our website. Just look for links in the blog post accompanying this podcast episode at pecpa.org, peckpa.org. On the website, you can learn more about Peck's efforts in the area of outdoor recreation and conservation through the Conservation Landscapes Program, as well as other similar initiatives all over the state. We also work in energy and climate policy, watershed health, reforestation, and more. Again, check out peckpa.org for more information and check back in in a couple of weeks for the next installment of this podcast. Until then, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson, and thanks for listening.